Hi there, and welcome to Campus Connections. I am your host, Ashley Tem, and this show is by and for people who are in the education field. The hope is these conversations will allow leaders to hear and voice different opinions, perspectives, and philosophies to cultivate a better future. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Kate Steiner. She is a burnout recovery coach and founder of Lift Wellness Consulting. She supports her clients to recover from burnout through building a self-reflective plan that addresses all areas of wellness. Here is Dr. Kate Steiner. Uh, thank you so much, Ashley. First, just want to add some gratitude for having me here today um, to talk a little bit about my story and uh, within higher education. So my journey in higher education uh, started with kind of my undergraduate journey, and I was a you know one of those students who switched majors every semester for the first four semesters of my undergraduate career. My dad used to joke that I was going to be a professional student and look where I ended up working in student affairs, right? So when I graduated, I had a bachelor's degree in family services, which is um, really based in prevention work. And my first job out of college was actually as a shelter manager for an agency that worked with and advocated for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. And I ran that shelter for about a year. And in that time also was doing some college presentations. I started advising my sorority and realized I had no idea that this world of student affairs really existed as an undergraduate student. I discovered it after I graduated and realized I was like, oh, I can do this. I can go to school for this. I can do college counseling and student affairs, which is the degree I got for my master's degree and then returned to the world of fraternity sorority advising. And that's really where I've been working for the last 17 or so years in higher education. And it's been a phenomenal journey, but it's also where my burnout came from and where my interest in burnout and wellness started and stemmed from. And that's what I focused my dissertation on. And that model that that research brought about is what I use now to work with individuals on their own burnout and their burnout recovery. That is wonderful. And Beaming, you're spot on that not a lot of individuals think about going into the student affairs field right away. It's not usually something that's promoted to us at a younger age either. It's exciting how you ended up and how, you know, it all worked out for you. Can you tell us a definition of burnout? Sure. So burnout in and of itself, and I'll go into a couple of things that create burnout. So burnout itself is a feeling of, of, extreme overwhelm, feeling emotionally drained, feeling as though your work or activities are a burden to you, feeling that you cannot find the joy in things that used to bring you joy before, feeling a disconnect from your work and a loss of passion for that work. Essentially, it's just when you get up in the morning you, you kind of have to push yourself into your day, right? And you have to create that, that joy or that purpose or some sense of that to even get yourself going. But generally it's something that did come easy to you at some point with your work. And now it just doesn't anymore. And that is, that is full on burnout. That is the experience of, I've, I've gotten to this place where now I'm not even sure how to get out of it. 
There are a couple of things that my research found that lead to burnout, and those are burn events. And so these are kind of stressors in your day-to-day activities, things that bring you overwhelm or leave you feeling somewhat emotionally drained or just tired, fatigued after they're finished, but you don't find them to be a burden necessarily in that piece. You don't find them to, they may, they may cause you some lack of joy, but you're generally able to kind of find your way back. And these are things that some of these things we can predict. So it might be a meeting with a really tough colleague that you just don't get along with or enjoy. It could be a family gathering that just zaps your energy for some people attending a conference is something that they consider a burn event. So some of them you can predict, you know, they're coming up on your calendar and then some of them are unexpected and they kind of hit you sideways. Like that meeting that popped onto your calendar in the middle of the day and it ended, you ended your day with it and you're like, well, that took a turn. And now my day tomorrow is going to look completely different based on the outcome of this meeting and those kinds of things. So those are unexpected. The important piece is that you find recovery from those burn events. And if you don't, they kind of compound upon each other and they snowball. And that's what leads you into those overwhelming sense of burden feelings of burnout. That's so interesting. In terms of burn events, if what do you see in terms of hired professionals, students, what is kind of those common ones that you see frequently? Sure. So if we're talking about the higher education space, so I'll use my own profession of fraternity sorority advising as an example. So sorority recruitment, burn event. Burn event. Yeah. We have to plan for it. We have to have a plan to recover for it when we are finished with it. Uh, I remember when I worked on summer orientations and overseeing those programs. Those were burn events. So they also might energize you and bring you joy, and you may really enjoy doing them but they're also bringing you fatigue at the same time, or you're just spending additional hours on campus at your job doing those kinds of things. Personally, it might be something like a family gathering with, with, you know, a family member you might find difficult. So maybe this person is not a socially conscious person and you have a difficult time continuing to either ignore their comments or remind them that their comments are not okay around you. Right. So that kind of feeling and experience, like just so tired of having this conversation over and over again for our students, midterms, finals week. Those are some kind of expected burn events. Unexpected burn events can include things like a loss of someone in your life or a loss of an activity or something to that effect. Generally, those kinds of things that might hit us with grief are often unexpected events, but the same can be said for a meeting that just didn't go the way you thought it would might create an unexpected burn event and something that you need to find a recovery space from. Sure. Like if... Um, kind of from a student standpoint, if you thought you nailed that test, right, and then you get it back and it wasn't a great grade, now you kind of feel defeated. And maybe now you have that feeling, as you mentioned earlier, the struggle to just get back into the groove and wanting the motivation to even keep going. Um, I know I've been there. As a higher ed professional, I work closely with students. And so Sometimes they come to me and they're frustrated with financial aid or not hearing back from their academic advisor in a manly time. And I know after a long day of that, because you sometimes just have them in waves, <laughs> that I am burnt out. As a hired professional, 
how can we take care of that for ourselves? And, you know, maybe if we see that in a colleague or a student. Yeah, absolutely. So in both perfect examples of burn events, absolutely. So there are a couple of things that you want to do when it comes to burn events. So the first is spending some time reflecting and identifying those expected burn events. So take a look at your calendar and maybe look at past semester calendars or past term calendars and think about what were, what were times or events that I had that really kind of had me feeling overwhelmed, drained, and fatigued at the end of them. Is it something that comes up every year, every semester? Can I plan for these? The second piece is having a plan when those events kind of start to occur. So when you can look ahead at your calendar and say, oh, this next week looks pretty heavy on those student contacts. And I have a lot of one-on-one meetings already scheduled with students or it's advising week. And I know I'm going to have a lot of students just stopping by. I need to have a plan in place for myself on how I'm going to manage that week. So what do I need to have in place for my own personal wellness to manage that week? So think about what's best for you physically. So how are you moving your body? What are you putting into it? How are you sleeping? What does your sleep ritual look like before you go to bed? What does your morning ritual look like before you get up? Kind of spiritually, socially, financially, What aspects are you going to incorporate as far as your wellness goes for that period of time? And then you want to also put a plan in place for your recovery after that time. So is it, you know what, Saturday, I'm just going to give myself space and I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to enjoy Netflix. For me, it's the Hallmark channel. So I will just put the Hallmark channel on and just kind of have the, whether the movies are in the background or I'm watching them or whatnot, but that is, that is a comfort space for me. And so I mentioned comfort. And so one of the things that I really recommend that people do is have a comfort list. And this is a go-to list for recovery of things that immediately bring you comfort, a sense of peace or a sense of joy. So just the same way as we comfort a child when they're overwhelmed and upset We need to have ways to comfort ourselves when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed. So a couple of my comfort list items, I already mentioned one is the Hallmark channel, but macaroni and cheese, very important part of my comfort list, a cozy sweater, right? Right. Cheese in general. I'm pretty happy when I have cheese in general. I do also enjoy pizza. I did that last night. It was like, you know what? I need some comfort and I don't feel like cooking for myself. So Domino's it was, (laughs) but a cozy sweater, comfy slippers. It might be a skincare routine, lots of different things, but really consider what brings you comfort and then implement that. So the big piece when it comes to burn events, identify them so you can manage the ones that are coming, prepare for those. Also with preparation, just kind of have a sense of what your general daily wellness rituals and plans look like. That helps you build resilience when the unexpected burn events come up and then that recovery plan in place. So either your comfort list or how you incorporate play into your world, lots of different ways to recover, lots of different ways that we do self-care. Yes. I think having a list just actually written out or if it's on your phone or anything like that. Sometimes when we are so stressed or we're just burnt out afterwards, we can't actually even gather that space, you know, to think about what can come for us at the moment. So sometimes having a list 
is perfect, actually, because you say, what is something on this list that I can do at the moment? You know, if it's in my pantry, you know, cheese is usually in my my fridge readily available. <laughs> so I think that's great because when you're when you're already struggling to get out of bed because you're so burnt out, the last thing you want to do is think, I need to figure out what's going to make me happy, right? Or bring me back like to some self-care. So just having this ready when you do have that energy is so useful. Yeah, absolutely. Other things that I would, as you mentioned, you're kind of like, because we are so overwhelmed and when we're feeling stressed in that moment, finding ways and having a list of grounding activities that bring you back to that present space and moment and helps you kind of ease your anxiety, your stressors and those kinds of things. So one of my favorite grounding exercises is the five, four, three, two, one method. And so super simple It engages all five of your senses and you can do it from anywhere. So you just take a deep breath, you look around, you name five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And then you take another deep breath and you can repeat that until you start to feel your heart rate slow down and your breath ease and feel more grounded into the space that you're in. But it really brings yourself back to that present moment because you're utilizing everything that's around you and engaging all five of your senses. I've actually never heard that before. And I love that, especially when your anxiety is on a high um, I feel like for me, the room is spinning. And so just to kind of feel like, okay, what can I focus on to where I can just be still for a moment instead of having my mind race at a hundred miles per hour. Yeah, absolutely. And it, for, and for you, it might be, you know, well, the room is spinning on me kind of thing. So maybe you start with the sensation of touch. Mm-hmm. And so you do five things, you know, you name things that you can touch until the room stops spinning on you. And so there are lots of different variations that you can kind of do with that just as long as you're kind of engaging in a sense until you start to feel that heart rate slow down. You have given us today two amazing resources. Uh, What is something else that you would kind of guide towards or give advice on to an individual whether it's professional or a student or just someone in general that is experiencing burnout and looking for some recovery. So one of the most important things, along with the comfort list, this is another important recovery practice and in a daily ritual practice is play. We need to play more in our lives as adults. We lose it somewhere along the way of this space of, well, I've got to be serious now because I'm, I'm the adult in the room. No, we can still be silly. We can still have fun. And in fact, that joy is a preventative measure for those burn events, for recovering from those burn events and keeping yourself from getting to that full on burnout stage. So a couple of things that I do, I have a energy burst playlist on Spotify and it is, so I was in high school in the nineties. So I will admit that it's got a lot of nineties hip hop on it, oh, love but that. <laughs> I love these songs and they bring me joy. They help me smile and they help me dance it out in the moment. So if I leave a meeting that was particularly difficult or something to that effect, I will go to my playlist. I will play one of those songs and I will dance it out. And it doesn't matter where I am or who's around me. 
And part of that is letting go of what other people might be thinking of you and just realizing like, well, that's really none of my business anyway. So I'm just going to stay with myself and how I feel. And this makes me feel better. And you're probably smiling because I'm dancing anyway. Right. How could you not smile when you see a person dancing down the grocery store aisle? I've definitely done that but incorporating the 3 p.m. dance party or the momentary dance party. So using your energy burst playlist to do that. I also sing to my pets. I have a dog and a cat and they are terrible songs. They don't make sense. They this, Sometimes they rhyme other, other times I'm not so good at it, but they're usually about their food or how fluffy they are or something to that effect, but it, it makes me smile. They look at me like I'm, you know, kind of obnoxious and crazy, but it just brings out that playfulness and those kind of things. If you can find yourself a playground, go and swing. That's you so cannot not smile if you're on a swing, if you're able to do that. And then the other piece that I like is just to start laughing and a fake laugh becomes a real laugh really, really quickly, but just finding ways to be playful in your day is a really important recovery ritual that I think we just, we forget about when we're in the space where we're like, but I I have to be serious and professional right now. There are still ways to incorporate play into your world. Definitely. And I feel like, especially when you mentioned the puppies and having your, your cat, I feel like just having someone to be goofy with. And, you know, if you are having um, anxiety of how the world may see you, right? If we're dancing down the aisles at grocery stores and you're feeling a little self-conscious that we don't want to add more stress into your life, but having someone at home or, you know, and I call them fur babies, (laughs) But having a fur baby, having a pet at home where you can just be goofy and fun and, you know, just have that stress let go is such a big changer. I went to UNLV for my master's program and I couldn't bring my dog right away because I was still navigating the move and wanting to get situated in my program. And every day when I got home, because these were evening classes, I'd get home about 9.30 p.m., maybe 10. And it was just so sad to come home by myself and I had no kind of release right? I can just maybe turn on some Netflix but now I'm just sitting there by myself um, just staring at a tv screen and the moment I was able to feel confident that I could bring my dog back out there my mood changed I was able to come home after a hard session whether I had a group presentation or a, a test I was able to just go home and immediately my spirits were lifted Yeah. Animals are powerful that way. So if you can't have an animal of your own or you're uncomfortable around animals or something to that effect, find, you know, find the creature, or maybe it's getting out in nature or whatever that piece is that helps kind of reset your mood. And we all have something, you may just need to spend a little time reflecting on what that is. Agreed. Agreed. Well, this has been so informative. At the end of each episode, I let our guests um, promote anything that they are working on, any um, call to action that they would like to share. So please um, share anything that you have for us. 
Yeah, awesome. So as, as you can understand, burnout recovery is a huge passion of mine. And so that's something that I work on as a coach, as a consultant. So I offer workshops. I have a book available for pre-order on Amazon right now, and that will be out much sooner than in the release states states on there, but you, I would love for you to check me out. I'm on social media at Dr. Kate Steiner, and my website is liftwellnessconsulting.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Steiner. Thank you, Ashley. Well, that is it for another episode of Campus Connections. If you enjoyed this show, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review here wherever you are listening. Until next time. (music) 